Hey there, moms. Welcome to the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, and I realize that I haven't really introduced myself in a while, and I know that there are some new listeners out there. So if you don't know much about me, I am married to Daryl, and we have been married uh, almost 30 years, and we have eight kids. Their ages are 14 to 28. We have five boys and three girls. We have uh, two married daughters, a son who's about to get married, and we have six grandchildren. So there's a little background on me. And if you know anything else about me, you know that I often speak uh, to homeschooling moms. Um, But this devotional series that I'm doing, Grace for a Mom's Heart, is for every mom who wants to grow in their understanding of God's word and specifically how it applies to motherhood. Over all of these years um, of mothering and raising our kids and being at home with them, God has been so faithful to pour out his um, heart into my heart and most of the time it happened through his word. And that is why I'm here today, because I want to share some of that and pass that on like it tells us to do in Titus 2. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that passage, but it talks about the older women sort of nurturing and discipling the younger women. And although I hate to think of myself as an older woman, quote unquote, I'm afraid that's the reality of things. Um, I'm 51 years old, and I think it's time to pass some things on. So that's what I'm doing here. I would love it if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you would take a minute or two to leave a review uh, from wherever you're listening, iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is, um, it would be great if you'd leave, leave a review because what happens is it makes those systems will allow more moms to see this podcast and maybe give it a try. So that's all I wanted to say about that, but today we are going to be talking and studying in Psalm 4. I have a question for you. Have you ever dealt with false and groundless accusations that have been made against you? I'll bet you it won't take more than a couple of seconds to remember when that's happened, and it might even be happening to you right now. I doubt any one of us would answer no to this question. It seems to be a common experience. And quite frankly, I think it really stinks. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. You know, as a mom who tries to live an exemplary Christian life, it can be a real blow to be accused of something you didn't do or say or even think. I liken it to feeling like you've been broadsided by a bus. It can literally take the breath right out of you. Often it feels like a heavy blanket has been laid over our souls and the burden of it can almost be unbearable. Sometimes the accusations don't come from the outside, but from somewhere deep within us. Things from the past can haunt us. Things we've done, things we're ashamed of, things that were said to us or done to us, messages that we received verbally or non-verbally, intentionally or unintentionally. But we can be sure of one thing. We know exactly where it originates. The enemy is often referred to as the accuser. 
or the accuser of the brethren. So specifically, accusing those who belong to God. In Revelation 12.10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. The enemy thrives on bringing condemnation into our hearts and minds. He works hard to rub it in our faces. But God says in Romans 8, 1 through 4, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Don't you love that? We could not keep the law that God gave Moses. Those simple, seemingly simple 10 commandments are impossible for any person to keep. And because of that, there was a wedge between us and God. And so the Israelites would have to make sacrifices and do all these different things to try to compensate for that. But when Jesus came, all of that was washed away. All of that became completely unnecessary because in his own body, he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And because of that, because of that, we do not need to feel con- condemnation. Now there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. We should feel conviction. Conviction is that almost a good feeling in the respect that it's freeing when God shows us things in our lives that we're doing that aren't pleasing to him. When it becomes clear and we're able to say, Lord, forgive me, because that's what the word tells us to do, to confess our sins to God. And he is faithful and and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So our sins are not, he doesn't see our sins, but as we grow in the Lord and as we become more like him and as we continue to fight the battle against sin as, we're, as long as we're in this body and on this earth, um, it is good for us to confess our sins and to recognize them. And as we do that, we can also know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are removed from us as far as the East is from the West. Do you know how far that is? That is absolutely polar opposite the other direction to never ever be touching ever again. That means they're so far from us. It's not even, it's not, you can't even wrap your head around it. That's how far away our sins have been placed from us. But 
What I love about this, back to the passage, is that this law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature, like I just described. But God sent his son to do this for us so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied, not partially, but fully, for those of us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. That's our heart's cry, that we want to please the Lord and we want to walk in the Spirit. We're going to make mistakes along the way. And sometimes we're even going to intentionally sin sometimes. And But all of that is covered by the blood of Jesus. And we go and we ask forgiveness and we ask for transformation and for Him to change our ways. But this passage that I just described comes right on the heels of Paul describing in detail his very real struggle with sin. So here he's talking about no more condemnation and how the law, the requirements of the law were met by Jesus. He says all of this right after talking about his own very real struggle with sin. The message is clear. The enemy is a liar. And any condemnation that he tries to heap on us is without grounds because of the blood of Jesus. It holds no weight. It means nothing. It is a big, fat lie. Now, David in Psalm 4 was experiencing these kinds of accusations in this situation when he wrote Psalm 4. Answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of new grain and wine, of grain and new wine. In peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. And I want to focus on a couple of things here. In the first verse, it says, answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. We have been declared innocent by the blood of Jesus. And if God declares us innocent, there is nothing and no one who can make it any different than that. That is the final word. We are declared innocent. It goes on to talk about um, how people are ruining his reputation and making groundless accusations and lying against him. But he... David is saying he is sure of this, that the Lord set apart the godly for himself. Moms, we are set apart for God himself, and he will answer when we call to him. It might not be right away. It might be no. It might be yes. It might be wait, but he will answer. And this verse four, I really want to stop here for just a second, where it says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Now, isn't that interesting? If you all know... Um, about that verse in the New Testament in Ephesians 4.26 that's very similar to it and yet different. Here's what it says. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Isn't that interesting? Those two verses sound like they're saying opposite things, but they're not. 
the, the commonality is that they both say, don't sin by letting anger control you. But there could be two different ways that that can happen. One way is to be quiet and to think about it overnight. Remain silent and let God speak to your heart and help you sort of align yourself with, with what he, how he wants you to respond. That's in, the, in Psalm 4, verse 4. In Ephesians 4, 26, it says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. So it's saying, um, maybe you need to go and make things right with whoever it is that you need to, uh, to do that with. So there's a couple of different ways that we don't let uh, anger control that we don't sin by letting anger control us. And so God gives us a couple of different tools depending on the situation. Isn't that interesting? I love that. It's a wonderful thing to thing to thing to teach to teach our, teach our kids too because they can learn to discern. I'm really, you know, like maybe I'm really really angry right now, but I know that I'm going to say things that I shouldn't say and my heart isn't right, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to remain silent and pray about it. Or the flip side would be um I'm angry. I know exactly. I, I know what I want to say, um, but I and I feel like I can say it in a way that God is leading me to say it, um, that will be productive and helpful, as opposed to causing more problems. And so, um, anger is going to. I'm going to sin by letting anger control me if. I don't go ahead and have this conversation, but there needs to be an underlying peace in either situation. So I just thought that was very interesting and, and a great tool uh, for us to, ta- uh, to give to our kids, a great conversation to have with them. Then it goes on in verse five, talks about offering right sacrifices in the right spirit. Isn't that interesting? And trust the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, O Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to us in our culture, but back in that day, grain and new wine were signs of a great abundance and blessing. And this verse is saying that God has given him greater joy than even those great blessings. And the last verse, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. There's that ability to sleep in spite of everything again. Remember that in Psalm 2, uh, the last, uh, or Psalm 3, the last podcast we did, um, where uh, David was saying that he could sleep. Maybe it was Psalm 2. It might have been a, a different one, but I think it was Psalm 2 when, Dave, when his son Absalom was going after him. Okay, that was Psalm 3. <laughs> Sorry about that. But the point is that he had this ability to sleep in peace no matter his circumstances because his trust was in God. And again, this last line in the verse says exactly why he could have that peaceful sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. You notice that full and complete dependency on God. We can so easily put our hope and our confidence in people, in circumstances, And yet it's God alone who keeps us safe and enables us to rest. So let's remember that the enemy has no say in our lives unless we let him. The power of the cross has gained complete and total victory over sin, condemnation, and death. 
Our joy, safety, and peace come from trusting in Him who gave us every reason to trust Him. Let's ask ourselves a couple of questions to sort of think a little bit deeper, dig a little bit deeper um, into our own hearts after we've listened to this today. First question is, are you buckling under a load of condemnation? Have you been buckling under a load of condemnation? Have you been falsely accused by someone or even within your own heart? How does today's scriptures reassure you that you are set free? And what are the next steps that you need to take? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you again for your word and the ways that it speaks so clearly to us, Lord. I find it fascinating that often when we first look at these Psalms, it doesn't appear that there's anything that really applies towards our own lives um, that's relevant or especially relevant toward motherhood. And yet every time we dig a little deeper, there are great treasures there. We thank you for revealing just some of those to us today. And I pray for every mom who's listening that she would be blessed by having heard your word, that we, all of us, would meditate on what we've heard today, Lord. We thank you that your word doesn't come back void, um, but it accomplishes everything that you set out for it to accomplish. And so we ask that you would cause this word that we've heard today to bear much fruit. Give us wisdom as moms as we pass our faith along to our kids and as we share the truths of your word with our kids. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.